Sports. We can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the August 11th edition of the sunny side of sports. Early season football action resumes Saturday in the English Premier League, widely considered the world's top league and its most watched. There are seven matches scheduled. Brighton and newly promoted Fulham both pulled off surprising results during the opening weekend of action, and they'll be back on the pitch. Brighton will host Newcastle. Last weekend, Brighton scored its first ever victory at Old Trafford, beating Manchester United 2-1. The AP's Dave Ferry filed this post-match report. Manchester United was a 2-1 loser to Brighton at Old Trafford and manager Eric Ten Hag's debut as manager. The start was good. Um, the, the second half, I deal with the setback. I think we dropped down in belief during the first half. And that cannot happen. Eh? Always believe in yourself and stick as a team together. Eh? So bring the convincement always on the pitch. And eh? that's, that's why we are here for. Pascal Gross scored twice on tip-ins in the first half as Brighton made United's defense vulnerable. Gross put Brighton ahead in the 30th minute off a pass from Danny Walbeck. Ten Hag elected to open the game without Ronaldo, who finally left the bench in the 52nd minute. United's players were booed off at halftime and at the final whistle. United's only tally came on an own goal by Alexis McAllister in the 68th minute. I'm Dave Ferry. Thanks, Dave. Meanwhile, Brighton manager Graham Potter says it was a big victory at Old Trafford for sure, but every victory matters to his club. We know the Premier League, you know, when you're a club like us, with the greatest respect, we have to hold two positions, which is you have to fight every day for the points because uh, it is very, very tough. At the same time, you have to have ambition and believe that you can win and believe that you can try and challenge. On Saturday, London's oldest professional football club, Fulham, will challenge visiting Brentford. Promoted Fulham is coming off a two-all draw with Liverpool at Craven Cottage. Now, it looked like Fulham was headed to a surprising victory on its return to the Premier League. But an 80th-minute goal by Egyptian star and two-time African footballer of the year, Mohamed Salah, equalized for the Reds of Liverpool. Mo Salah did not win the African Footballer of the Year award this year. It went to his former Liverpool teammate, Sadio Mane of Senegal, who's now with Bayern Munich. Mane will be back on the pitch Sunday when Bayern plays Wolfsburg in a Bundesliga match. Mane scored in his debut for the Bavarian powerhouse, which routed Eintracht Frankfurt 6-1 in its opening Bundesliga match. Eintracht Frankfurt lost again on Wednesday in Helsinki, Finland, where it fell to Real Madrid 2-0 in the annual UEFA Super Cup match. The game features the reigning champions of Europe's top two club competitions, the UEFA Champions League and the UEFA Europa League. It marked a record-equaling fifth UEFA Super Cup for Real Madrid, which got goals from David Alaba and Karim Benzema. It was Benzema's 324th career goal for Real, 
lifting him to second place on the club's all-time scoring list behind Cristiano Ronaldo, who tallied 450 goals. Real Madrid's Italian manager, Carlo Ancelotti, says Benzema is the club's big engine. I think so. I think that no one has doubt of this. In this moment, is the most, for us, of course, is the most important player, is the most efficient player um, in the world in this moment. Uh, Karim was really important to win the Champions League. Also, we didn't score in the final, but with, with um, his goals, um, we played the final because he scored three goals against uh, City, three goals against Chelsea and Paris Saint-Germain. So it's so important for us and uh, no doubt that is at the moment the best. Ancelotti also commented on this year's World Cup being hosted in Qatar during the mid-season of the major European club football leagues. Well, see, it will be a strange season. We, I think until uh, the, the start of the World Cup, we are not going to have a lot of problems because the players are focused. The players that are going uh, to the World Cup, they will be focused for sure to be ready and fit uh, for the World Cup, I think that we have to look when the players are back from the World Cup. This is the, the doubt that we have for this season. Until the World Cup, I think we don't have a lot of problems. After, we have to check the player that maybe they can be tired. And, uh, yeah, most of them will be tired after a World Cup. Usually after the World Cup, you go on holiday and now after the World Cup, you are going in the top moment of the season. That's Carlo Ancelotti, the manager of the Spanish football club Real Madrid. And he spoke in Helsinki, Finland, where Real defeated Eintracht Frankfurt 2-0 to win a record-equaling fifth UEFA Super Cup. AC Milan and Barcelona also have five Super Cup wins. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Hello, I'm Carol Castiel. Fallout from U.S. Speaker Nancy Pelosi's controversial visit to Taiwan and Russia's ongoing attacks on Ukraine. I speak with an East Asia expert about China's military and economic retaliation against Taiwan and with a Russia expert who will update us on Moscow's dangerous alleged missile attacks on Ukraine's Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. That's Press Conference USA this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. Go beyond the daily headlines with VOA's Flashpoint Ukraine. Each weekday, join us as we put the latest developments into a global context with stories, interviews, and analysis. Listen online at voanews.com slash flashpoint or in your favorite podcast player. Hello, listeners. My name is David Temong, the Paralympic silver medal 2016, gold 2017, bronze 2020, Tokyo, Japan. You are listening to Sunny Side of Sport on the Voice of America. 
An athlete refugee team once again competed at the recent world championships here in the USA. The inaugural team took part at the 2016 Olympics in Brazil. Since then, World Athletics has been providing the refugee team with high-level training and competitive opportunities. During the 2022 World Championships in Eugene, Oregon, Prince Nesta had an opportunity to speak with the refugee team's Israeli manager. My name is Rotem Genosa. I come from uh, Tel Aviv, Israel. Uh, I'm uh, the refugee team uh, manager for World Athletics for a couple of years. And uh, I have uh, my club in Tel Aviv, a very special, very unique club, uh, track and field club, uh, that uh, his goal is to promote disadvantaged uh, communities, athletes from disadvantaged communities. So this is what we're doing, including refugees, but not just refugees. And primarily, I'm a teacher. I teach civics in high school. This is my passion. Oh. So this is my first job and all the others, it's after this. Incredible. From a civics teacher to, you know, being a manager at the World Refugee Team, that's a big transition. Uh, I started with uh, I started to teach civics after I graduated my BA and, and MA in Tel Aviv University. I studied political science, and uh, when I was young, I played basketball. So after like a couple of months in the new school, the girls in my class they said we don't have basketball for girls here. Maybe you should you should uh, start to coach us. So I started to coach them, and we we make we made a team basketball team for girls and uh, then after two years uh, she reaches uh, my partner in the club now she came to me she said I heard about you and let's try to have special athletic clubs in Tel Aviv in these neighborhoods the dis- disadvantaged neighborhoods in these communities and try to do something special and almost 10 years ago now and we tried and it was really successful from uh, the beginning really hard work so this is how I started, uh, and my club uh, is well-known in Europe. We are one of the best clubs in Europe in long distance last few years, uh, and most of uh, our team members are uh, uh, from immigrant families. Most of them are Ethiopian uh, Jewish community in Israel, and part of them are Eritrean refugees, the Foreign refugees, and we have from Congo, from Nigeria, Filipinos all over, and everyone together, also with veteran Israelis. So from this, because my club came bigger and uh, Jamal uh, in the refugee team uh, started to enter refugee team uh, back in uh, 2019. And then I got more involved from then mm. uh, and they offered me the position of uh, to manage the team. That's really incredible. You know, you're making a difference in people's life. And, you know, that's truly inspirational. Your organization back in Israel, where is it founded? It founded back uh, 2012. We started, we started like almost we didn't know what we want really. So we started uh, with two coaches and I was uh, like uh, the manager, the director. And uh, we started like when uh, our, the coaches and my uh, car was the equipment uh, uh, <laughs> facility. Yeah. And uh, we started in the streets and in the parks and uh, in this kind, in, in athletics, this is, uh, it's easy. You need uh, shoes and you need to, if, if you are, especially in long distance, you don't need even truck. So uh, we started, we got the support of uh, Tel Aviv municipality after one year. 
and after another year uh, support of uh, sports ministry not special support like every other club but they recognized us and uh, we have kind of uh, a couple of uh, private sponsors that support us because we are not charged we can charge a lot of money or any money from from these kids uh, they don't pay the payment is you have to be serious and consistent <laughs> if you're not serious and consistent you are out but you don't have to pay except like symbolic fee at the beginning of the year we pay transport we pay everything that the kids could uh, develop Jamal is one of uh, the best uh, four athletes now in our club but his character is like really the best his great teammate uh, he came from uh, Darfur He ran out from the genocide uh, in Darfur. He started from nothing in Israel and uh, built, built himself up. He started like a cleaner in the beach and uh, he built himself up because he has a great character. And now his, uh, his schedule now is to go from training camp in Ethiopia to training camp in uh, Pyrenees to training camp in the Alps. This was uh, last year. So, but again, in sports mm. and in life, the character is a lot more important than the talent, of course. He's very talented, but especially yeah. the character and, and very strong. And how he managed to turn his life from the childhood in streets or in Khartoum, which is very, very tough, uh, to manage to immigrate and to be a refugee in, uh, in another country, in Tel Aviv, and to start again from the streets and to build himself again. So uh, we gave him the opportunity, but we, we are giving the opportunity, but of course the, the girl or the boy need to be very, very strong and smart and uh, also the family Uh, because the opportunities are really limited. Teklan Orupe is actually one of the renowned Kenyan athletes. And legend. You know, legend, actually. And, you know, she made a name in long-distance running. How does Teklan Orupe come in? Uh, uh, because I can see, like, you have different organizations that you're partnering with. We started, as I say, in Tel Aviv, uh, 2012. And uh, we, we had a struggle also with refugees because in Israel they're not getting like real rec recognition as refugees and it's really tough with the government. It's not like in uh, the States or in Europe. So, uh, and after we, we succeed to have uh, good athletes, refugee athletes, we, we try to find for solutions for them. And we heard about uh, Rio Olympics refugee team, the first refugee team. First refugee team was Tegla's team. She built a team in uh, Gong in, uh, in uh, Kenya, near Nairobi. And uh, she took an athlete that uh, was very beginners at the time, including Angelina. And they, they went to Rio Olympics. And we saw, ah, there is a refugee team. We didn't know. So we tried to contact Olympics. Uh, and it was really tough because also it's not so easy because... Uh, Israeli Olympics now are very, very supportive, very supportive. But at the beginning, they don't know us. They don't know what is refugee team. So we, we, we tried a lot. And eventually, uh, World Athletics, when they build their own refugee team, so they, uh, they invite Jamal because Jamal already participated in uh, competitions under our club in Europe. So they, they asked Jamal to come to Denmark to World Cross Championships. And in Denmark, he was, it was a sensation. It was uh, 85th. In the, this is the most tough competition ever across country. It's uh, 1,500 to marathon runners. All of them from all over the world are coming together. 
and he was 85. Uh, so from, from then on, so uh, he went uh, to Doha and they asked me to go to Doha. So I started to cooperate with uh, Tegla. Uh, and uh, these days, the European, I'm in charge of the European-based refugees. And I'm in contact with uh, Tegla's great project in Kenya. And uh, these days, now that the European-based repu- refugees, athletes, uh, are, are stronger in the team uh, if uh, we consider the performances. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is what we are doing now. Yes. And, you know, approximately how many athletes are you managing right now in the World Athletics refugee team? Yeah, so, so I have uh, refugee athletes in my club. Most of them are not in this level, okay? So like uh, 15 to 20 uh, from all ages. And in, in world athletics, uh, the European-based, we have uh, around nine. that They are like elite athletes or close to, to be elite athletes. Uh, one uh, Dorian in Portugal, Congolese from Portugal, uh, Fuad Moroccan from uh, France, Otman Moroccan from Sweden, Tesfai Eritrean from uh, Switzerland, uh, Jamal, etc., etc. So uh, around nine, ten, and uh, we welcome everyone that uh, will want to uh, to try uh, to be in our team. Of course, he has to be refugee, recognized as refugee by UNHCR, mm-hmm. and he has to be in a certain level to to enter the team now. That's Rotem Genesar, the manager of the athlete refugee team at the 2022 World Athletics Championships in Eugene, Oregon. And we'll hear part two of his interview with Prince Nesta on Friday's Sunny Side of Sports. Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. music Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Thanks, Heather. American star Serena Williams lost her second round match Wednesday, one day after announcing her forthcoming retirement from tennis. Serena lost in straight sets to reigning Olympic champion Belinda Bencic of Switzerland. The final score from Toronto, Canada, 6-2 and 6-4 after the loss. Serena was presented with the team jerseys of Toronto's NBA and NHL professional teams for her and her daughter, Olympia, who was in attendance. The 40-year-old Williams was also presented with a bouquet of flowers that she carried off the court while wiping back tears. In an interview this week with Vogue magazine, Serena said she's planning her farewell to tennis so she can have another child and pursue her business interests. No one knows how many more matches Serena will play before walking away, 
But her final tournament is expected to be the U.S. Open in New York, which begins August 29th. Six of Serena's 23 Grand Slam singles titles, the most by any player in the modern Open era, have come at the U.S. Open. This is the voice of America. Washington, D.C. The start date for the upcoming World Cup football tournament in Qatar is expected to be moved one day earlier. VOA's Gwen Uden has reaction to the late change that will affect the opening match. Sporty greetings, Gwen. Sporty greetings, Sonny. With just over 100 days to go before the start of the World Cup in Qatar, a proposal is now in place to kick off the tournament one day early from November 21st to November 20th. The early start would allow Qatar to kick off their debut match against Ecuador ahead of the opening opening ceremony. That coveted slot would shine an even bigger spotlight on the host nation, and it's a move that people in Qatar are in full support of. So Qatar moving the kickoff of the World Cup from the 21st of November to the 20th. Uh, my opinion about that is uh, it's actually great because uh, they're that excited. Everybody in the country is that excited. We're all very excited to see what's, what's going to happen. But on top of that, who better to kick off the World Cup than Qatar, uh, the hosting country? Actually, they should have thought about this before, but then, it's, uh, nevertheless, I think it's still fine. It's fine. This Qatar citizen says, I think that this is something beautiful as we are the country hosting the World Cup. To kick off the tournament as the first Arab country to host a World Cup is honorable for the country and all of the Arab world. The Group A match between Senegal and the Netherlands was originally scheduled to kick off the tournament. However, a revised start date would move that match to later in the day on November 21st. The proposed plan must be voted on by FIFA President Gianni Infantino and the heads of the six regional confederations. And despite the late change, the switch is expected to win support. In a letter, FIFA acknowledged that changing the start date after tickets have been sold could affect those traveling to Qatar. But FIFA says any risk is sufficiently outweighed by the value and benefits of the proposal. The Qatar World Cup will make history as the first to take place in the Middle East and the first to be held at the end of the calendar year in November and December. That means this year the World Cup will fall in the middle of the domestic football league season. All major European leagues are obliged to incorporate extended breaks into their schedules. Premier League fixtures will be put on hold starting November 12th. The league season began last weekend and Chelsea kicked off their new campaign with a 1-0 victory at Everton last Sunday. But ahead of the match, manager Thomas Tuchel expressed concern that the focus of his players could be affected in the months leading up to the World Cup tournament. It does not make so much sense. Um, You feel it. the, The players are very focused on this World Cup already, which is a good thing because they come in shape, they, they, they take care about themselves, but 
how can I say it's also a bad thing if you want to because they are focused on World Cup and not like like here so a, a part of them I have the feeling is is already thinking about November and uh, we will see how 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 it influences uh, the players and the performances in October when it gets closer and closer then it will be for me a huge impact emotionally and and physically on the guys who go to world cup so they will come back drained physically drained but also mentally like with big success with big emotions positive emotions or huge disappointment you never know and uh, right away four days five days later uh, we have boxing day Tuchel's critique of the tournament was echoed by Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp ahead of his opening 2-2 draw at Fulham on Saturday. Klopp said a Winter World Cup is a major disruption to an already packed football schedule, and that is not talked about enough. The problem with all the players who play the World Cup in it for a long time, that's just... Uh, it's, <laughs> it's just not okay. Like, but it's decided long ago for the, how everybody says, the right reasons. Um, and um, that's it. If you go to the final at the World Cup, and if you win it or lose it, do it, do it will there be played a, a game for third place as well at this World Cup? Yeah. So if you reach a semi-final, um, then you are already um, we are quite busy. And then, and then the rest starts a week later. Um, with these things, it's really. It's, it, what may, I'm, I was not angry at all before I came in, but when we when we start talking about it, I really get angry. My problem is, that as much as everybody knows it's not right, nobody talks often enough about it that it will be changed. Why we wouldn't talk about that and and just do it properly and say, ladies and gentlemen, FIFA, UEFA, stop. Premier League, FA, blah, blah, blah. please start talking to each other. There must be one meeting where they all sit together. And the only subject should be the most important part of this game, the players. Barring any injuries, Liverpool could have eight to ten starters involved in the World Cup, including Egyptian star forward Mohamed Salah. And among the Chelsea players featured in this year's tournament, goalkeeper Edward Mendy and defender Khalidou Koulibaly will both travel to Dubai to represent Senegal. In the meantime, Chelsea hope to stay in winning form when they host Tottenham in their Premier League match on Sunday. And Liverpool hope to bounce back from their disappointing draw when they host their first league match of the season against Crystal Palace on Monday. And that is all from me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uten. Just ahead, the AP's Chuck Freeman will look back on Wednesday's Major League Baseball action. The team with the best record in baseball suddenly has hit the skids in the last week. The New York Yankees, after getting swept in St. Louis, traveled to Seattle where they fell on more hard times, as Adam Spillane reports. Carlos Santana's two-run homer capped a three-run seventh inning as the Seattle Mariners beat the New York Yankees 4-3. to It's a tough game, especially last night. It's one of the best games when I play, but 
We never head down, the attitude, energy. Despite losing 8 of 10, the Yankees still have somewhat of a comfortable lead in the American League East. New York's other team, the Mets, are streaking the other way. They've won six in a row, plowing through Cincinnati 10 to 2. Taiwan Walker ran his record to 10 and 3, six solid innings. We could easily get distracted coming off a good, a big five-game series against the Braves. Uh, we can get distracted, you know, playing someone with the, like the Reds. You know, they're a, a big league team. Texas beat Houston 8-4 in extra innings. Milwaukee beat Tampa 4-3 after a rowdy Telez homer tied it in the ninth. It was a stretch that we weren't playing too well. Um, I think we got a little comfortable. And um, the Cardinals just really put it on our, put the pressure on us, and um, you know, we need to step it up. Brewers then won it in the 10th. They stay one game behind St. Louis in the NL Central. The Cardinals beat Colorado 9-5. to L.A. Dodgers have yet to lose in the month of August. They ripped Minnesota 8-5. Atlanta defeated Boston 8-4. Braves prospect Vaughn Grissom homered in his first major league game. Pretty surreal, like I said. It's uh, just a, what a moment, like... To see it, like, actually go out. San Diego top San Francisco 13-7. Philadelphia over Miami 4-3. Kansas City down the Chicago White Sox 8-3. Pittsburgh 6, Arizona 4. Chicago Cubs 4, Washington 2. Cleveland defeated Detroit 3-2. Seven seasons and just one winning year. Tiger GM Al Avila has been fired. Chuck Friedman. August 11th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I get it. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Sonny side of sports.